Well, hello everybody and welcome to Ron's Q&A call. As always, we're eager, we're excited to have the chance to discuss your deals live, discuss them in real time. Also, we're glad to be able to take your questions in this open forum on a monthly basis. So you might have noticed by now that this actually isn't Ron. You hear my wild, wild west text going off in the background there. Sorry about that. I'll mute that. Uh, but this isn't Ron. This is Joel. Uh, it's possible that Ron may join us in a bit, but I'm actually not sure about that. So I'll be on the lookout, but I'll certainly do my best to provide some guidance and discussion on doing deals Ron's way. What that means, of course, is doing deals smart. Doing them as profitably as possible and doing them with what amounts to the least amount of risk. So I was told by Global Publishing that I should provide some, some background on myself uh, to the group here. But let me go ahead and announce some logistics for this call first. Uh, this is really important, uh, so pay attention because if you have questions, uh, this is the, the protocol. So I'm going to read these instructions here. Um, what we do is we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. And this is key. Gold Club members, if you're already a Gold Club member, if you're already a Gold Club member, you can submit deals prior to the call that we'll go ahead and review right here. If you're not yet a Gold Club member, you, you're, you're going to be in listen mode because of the line that you've called in on. Uh, you won't be able to participate interactively on the call. So if you are interested in the Gold Club, you can get more information and you can sign up for that at the Gold Club, uh, which is uh, www.ronsgoldclub.com. Now, uh, this is where uh, we've had some, some uh, mix-ups in the past with people wanting to get in the queue for questions. Here's how you ask those questions and get into that queue to discuss your deal or ask your question. A. If you are a Gold Club member and you want to ask a question or discuss a deal you've submitted, you have to press star six and then you'll be entered into the queue. Okay? If you're a Gold Club member, you have to press star six and you'll be entered into the queue. Now, if you're a Gold Club member but you didn't dial in on the interactive line that's listed on the membership site, like let's say you, you got an email and dialed in on that email that goes out, you're probably not in the call system where you can get into the queue. So here's what you need to do. If you're a Gold Club member, you need to get onto your Gold Club site, dial that interactive line for the Gold Club calls. It's listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you've logged in, of course. And uh, you should really hang up now and then dial back in using that phone number and that access code so that if you want to ask a question, you can hit star six to be entered into the queue and it'll work properly. So uh, I'll trust that, that everyone has that. And let me go ahead and give you a little bit on, on my background. So, so I'm Joel Sangerman. I've uh, really grown 
as a real estate entrepreneur and, and Ron's evolving system over the last 20 years or so, uh, really using real estate as a catalyst to, to generate both, both uh, types of revenue, fast cash and, and longer term asset growth. Now, the first courses that I had with Ron, they were, they were way back in the 90s when his courses were sold via cassette tapes. And I can tell you, we did things way differently. And it was, it was easy then too, but much, much, much harder then than it is today. That's a fact. I mean, I, I actually had to go to houses. I actually had to meet with people. And that's because this was in the 90s. This was, this was well before Al Gore invented the Internet. And if you know Ron, that's probably one of his most used sayings, but one of my favorites next to uh, his making of chicken salad. But I, I can honestly say that I don't think Ron would get tired of hearing this, but he's the best teacher, the best coach I've ever had. That includes college. That includes sports. That includes a, a professional career in healthcare. And what I'd say is that using the, the learning system, using the techniques that Ron and Global Publishing have, have perfected over the years, I've had the luxury of doing uh, both the ugly house and the pretty house businesses. Uh, ugly houses being uh, mostly wholesale deals for quick cash, uh, retail, rehab, renovation projects for bigger cash, but of course longer paydays. And then certainly, uh, what I consider to be the more fun part of the business, uh, all the elements of Ron's terms system or what, what uh, we generally call the pretty house business. So that includes what people refer to as subject to deals, which means taking over somebody's debt subject to the existing financing. And it includes overfinanced homes. It includes uh, various forms of lease option, uh, sandwich leases, uh, assign, assigning contracts or what we used to call the ACT system, uh, just straight up options uh, that you may or may not exercise with no lease. And then of course uh, all sorts of variants of owner finance deals, whether it's a free and clear house or, or, or there's some kind of uh, underlying financing already on the home. I think that's important because Ron's system aims to create what he calls transaction engineers. And it's really up to you if you want to specialize in an area that you prefer uh, or if you want to be a generalist and make deals on, on whatever comes at you. So tonight and every month, it's an opportunity to true up your understanding of the system so you can get better and so you can make more money. Now, I'll tell you that I bought and sold tens of millions of dollars in, in real estate, uh, profited nicely while helping both sellers, helping buyers, uh, and importantly, still to, to this day, even as someone that's being asked to lead Ron's calls here, I still always try and get on these monthly calls. Uh, I use the treasure trove we know as the gold club regularly, and I'll continue to be thirsty for the knowledge that's gained through these sorts of events, these sorts of collaborations. So, so with that, let's go ahead and get started with questions from the field. Again, all you have to do is hit star six 
and I should be able to, to see you in the, in the queue. Uh, let me go ahead and, and look. We've got some questions in the queue. Um, I want to mention to you that uh, we budgeted an hour for this call time-wise, so I am going to end the call promptly at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, uh, where I am. I'm, I'm actually in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, so depending on how many questions we have, I'm going to try and pace the conversation appropriately. And also, you'll probably notice that I try to answer group call questions in the best interest of everyone on the call. So, so it's more than just a questioner that can benefit from the answer. So hopefully that's fair enough and I can go to our first caller here. Let's see, let me pick. This is a person that is called Segway Systems from area code 717. Are you with me? Yes, hi Joel. Hey, I was, I was uh, concerned that maybe I was all by myself here. Who is this? I'm, I'm, I'm hey, confident your name isn't actually Segway. Yeah, no, it's Marie. <laughs> Marie, so, uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Marie, I'm calling from Pennsylvania. Okay, hey Marie, glad to have you. What's what's going on? What's your question? Well, we have a couple questions. My husband Eric and I. Um, I don't know how much we'll get to do here, but um, we're we're running about um, the lease option. Uh, you know, when we when we purchase a home. Uh, using the lease option, uh, and now of course we turn around and, and do a rent to own. Um, is there a specific reason why we should not record the lease agreement? You mean you mean when you sell it? Right, when we sell it, we put our tenant buyer in. Yeah. Well. I'm not 100% familiar with the laws in Pennsylvania, but something is tweaking in the back of my brain that says in Pennsylvania there might be a rule that you're supposed to record them. But for the benefit of everyone on the call, and correct me if, if I don't have the question right, what uh, Maria is asking is in the lease option paperwork, it forbids the recording of that lease option for the uh, uh, for, for the buyer on the home. And the reason we do that is simply because we know in our heart of hearts and from the top of our head to the bottoms of our toes that we're going to operate ethically and we don't want somebody doing something untoward where we have to end up getting uh, a recorded document released on the home. Um, so so we, we make it so that it'll be easy for us to get it removed if somebody goes sideways on us when we're selling it because we want to protect ourselves and we want to protect the, the seller. Now, in the, when you buy on a lease option, uh, you don't have to do this, but I think it's preferable to go ahead and record it. People generally don't have an issue with it, but uh, I would like to record something on the property so that if the original seller gets into any kind of a pickle uh, and they decide, hey, I've got equity in this house, I'm going to go refinance and try change the game on me, um, you know, there's a device there that would, that would prevent that or at least mitigate the opportunity for them to, to do that. 
So that's the reason you probably want to do it when you're buying and you uh, will most likely not allow the buyer to go ahead and do it back to you when you're selling. Although I would, I would say you need to check with your attorney when you close on these things and find out what you're regulated to do. And I believe, I believe Pennsylvania may be the state where you're supposed to do that. I could be wrong. Does that answer your okay. question? Yes, it does. Um, now, also with the lease purchase, how does that work if the, when we get to the end and our buyer is ready to cash us out? Because we have uh, mm -hmm. several of these going and uh, we may be getting close to one and we kind of want to know what the process would look like. Well, what I personally like to do is hopefully you've kept a record of the deposits that they've made so that they get credit for the down payment in qualifying for the loan and uh, go ahead and make up a, a, uh, a purchase and sale agreement and, uh, and use that with an attorney or title company to close it in a, in a very traditional way without having to uh, go through the, the two or three years of, of paperwork that's been recorded unless asked by an underwriter. Okay. So it, it, so it, about, yep, you're, because go you're ahead. Getting, go ahead. So, so let's say our buyer comes to us uh, next month and says, okay, I, I'm ready to go get my financing on this home and, and you know, cash you guys out. So we write up, a purchase and sale between us and the buyer or because we have we actually right. and my understanding is if we're if we're doing a lease purchase we actually don't own the home and we can't sell something we don't own well and that's why I like to that's why I like to try to structure it slightly differently when they're ready to cash out the, what I like to do is, first of all, go back to the original seller. What, so I, what are the numbers on, the, on one of the properties you're talking about, for example? What do you owe the original seller on your option? You owe $74,000. And, and what do you have coming in if your buyer gets uh, financed? $109,000. Very good. Very good. Congratulations on that, by the way. That's awesome. So... What I would do is go back to the seller. They don't know that your buyer is getting ready to get financed. And, okay. and talk to your seller. When, when is that 79 due? When is the option up? Uh, we actually have a few years left on it. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. So you're the seller. I'm, I'm Maria. Hey, uh, uh, Miss Seller, you know, I've got this option to buy this property for 79 grand. I wasn't planning on doing it really for another couple, two, three years because you know that's the amount of time we have left to exercise our option. But it looks like I'm going to be selling another asset and having some money come in that would allow me to just go ahead and cash you out right away. But I really don't want to do it if I got to pay the full 79. You know, I'm 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 thinking maybe like 50 grand. Would you like to have a big old check for 50 grand? And you know, you could try something like that. And then they'll say, no, no, um, you know, I'll discount it, but not that much. 
I mean, what if they what if they're willing to take seventy all of a sudden on it? You just made another nine grand for by flapping your lips, as Ron would say. So, <laughs> so that's the first step. So get so you'd get that agreement. And then, uh, you, you know, you essentially change the, the option on it. And then what I, what I would personally do, um, and this, this just works better in my area. Um, everybody's area has certain peculiarities about it. And what I like to do at that point is tell the seller that I'm going to go ahead and record our option on the house now take note of this because this is a brilliant way of doing it, um, and it and it it mitigates that issue of you not owning the home. Although you can still do it, you just have to you know show that you had the equitable interest with the bank that you have the option and it's, it's effectively a simultaneous close. But that can that can be problematic with underwriters. So that's what that's the reason I do it this way. Is you you will record and then let and then uh, get the agreement with your buyer or you already have the agreement with your buyer and uh, set it up where you can write a purchase and sale agreement between your seller and your buyer for the 94 I think you said it was and in order to get that lien that you put on their house which is your memorandum of agreement affecting real estate your your you know the option that you effectively recorded you're going to write a a, a payoff letter to release that lien so title can issue title and they'll do it directly from your seller to your buyer and the payoff uh, will be the difference between the 94 and the 70 instead of the 79 so you're going to get 24 grand which, which leaves 70 grand for the seller so what happens is the title company uh, and the bank have a purchase and sale agreement between the original seller who's owned the house this whole time you've been leasing it and the buyer who's coming in and buying it and uh, and it closes in the normal way but the proceeds of the money go 70 to the seller and then the 24 as a payoff to release the lien that you had by doing the deal with them in the first place a couple of years earlier and recording it you follow that? Okay. I think so. You're, 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 you're providing a mechanism to um, allow for the, for, for the bank to have an easier time financing the, your buyer. Now, you don't have to do it that way. You can always just, you know, uh, the, the bank the bank's underwriter or the tell company will say, hey, you don't own it. Well, yeah, I, I've got an option on it, and uh, I'm going to be closing on my $70,000 purchase with the proceeds of their $94,000, and uh, you know, any good title company or attorney uh, can simply uh, do a simultaneous close, which is done all the time on, on ugly houses and rehabs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay. I only gave you the complicated answer because I've run into issues with the underwriters and I get tired of having to explain it. So I just, it's so simple. What, you know, the, the way I suggested it is all you do is just, all you got to do is record your agreement and get the seller to agree to take a, um, uh, to, to, to get more money on the house 
and and then you get the difference. The only issue with that is that your seller is going to know how much money you made on it, and that you know they, as Ron says, their greed glands could swell up. So if I have a seller like that, then I'm probably probably just going to do a simultaneous close. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Okay, very good. Uh, did you have another one? You said you had a couple of them. Well, I do. I don't want to take up all the time. How many people are in the queue? Um, I'm, I'm going to time it based on how many people we have. Right now we have three people in the queue, so I can probably take another question from you. Okay, great. All right. Um, uh, we have an option right now on a house uh, here in the next town over. And uh, our 90 days runs up, runs out on December the 28th. We have gotten very little interest uh, in this home, uh, and I'm not sure, you know, what we're maybe doing wrong or maybe not doing enough of, you know, to get more interest, more calls on this home. Uh, we um, details on it. Well, our uh, price with the seller is 145. Now she she put a lot of money into the home, uh, so she's really not willing to come down, you know, uh, as much as we think she needs to, mm -hmm. because she's actually going to lose money. Mm -hmm. um, she also wants us to pay, you know, her closing costs. So we put it out there. Actually, we had it out for higher, what, and nobody would buy it. What, what's the what's the actual R that they have to repair value? I know it doesn't need repairs, but what's it worth? And Christine, you know, what's it right. worth? Well, our realtor actually, our, our friends next to her, our neighbors, and and um, our realtors, they said 140 fixed up. 140. So we, 140. Um, okay. Well, so, I, I mean that's a, I mean that that kind of answers your own question, then, doesn't it? Well, possibly, but I think, you know, I think we could get 150 for it. You do? Um, yeah, I mean, she did a lot, a lot to it. It's nice. Um, without having actually seen it, that's our, our friend, well, you know, that's what I Listen, here's the thing. Generally, generally, this is an all-cash deal. This isn't a lease option or a terms deal. This woman is giving you a option, and you're gonna. You're, she's expecting a buyer that's gonna cash it out with the proceeds of a new loan, most likely in like 30 days from contract, right? Right. Okay. So, so listen. Here's the thing. First of all, and this is instructive for everyone else on the phone. What you did, I think, is a is a is a good thing to do. Get properties under contract. Be transparent with everybody that, look, I, I'm looking at the comps every which way. I drove by 123 Main Street, 245 Cedar. These houses sold for 135, 138, 139, 140, 137. And here you come at 145. I see where it might be there because of the upgrades you put in. But, but boy, this is a tight one. I, I just don't know if my market of buyers is going to be ready to pay a premium for this. It's going to be difficult. And, 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 you know, I've got to put my money, my time, my energy, and resources into attracting my buyer before I buy it from you. I need you to come down on that price a little bit. And then she, she won't do it. You've already indicated she won't do it. So when that happens, don't walk away necessarily. You, 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 you can say, well, look, let's just write your terms up here, which is 
145. I'm not 100% sure I can get it, but I've been proven wrong before. There's nobody better at uh, attracting buyers for homes like these. And if you can agree on the 145, we'll write it up that way. I need a longer escrow, 90 days, which you got. Congratulations on that. Um, and as soon as I find my buyer, I'll go ahead and buy it from you. But I'm just telling you right now, be prepared for the possibility that we may have to renegotiate this when the market speaks. When the market mm -hmm. speaks and tells me, I got 138, I got 135, I got 140, you know, I may have to come back to you and say, look, I've been working on this thing for 90 days. The best I'm going to get out on this home is 140, and I got that bird in the hand right now. You can go find two in the bush, or I can continue finding two in the bush, or we can go ahead and make a deal for this buyer right now. And I can buy it from you for less than 140 so that I make money, or I can simply just assign the contract that I have with my buyer to you for, you know, whatever you can agree on. Would you, you know, would you give me 10, 15 grand uh, to have this thing done? So, mm -hmm. so what, what I'm getting at is it's the deal that happens after the deal. People's lives change 30, 60, 90 days out. Uh, I mean, if I look back at the last 90 days of my life, there's been all kinds of things that have happened. It's probably true for everyone on this call. So things change, and it's good to have uh, assets in your control because as you go through your buyer's list and as new buyers come along, it's better to be able to show somebody five or six homes than, than to show them just the one you're trying to sell. And very frequently, you can, uh, when you have that bird in the hand and the market has spoken and you've showed them all that you've done, you can, you can get uh, them to renegotiate. What you have to get good at is on the front end deciphering whether or not you're dealing with somebody who's steadfast or somebody who's willing to be reasonable. And I'm not sure if this person is in the reasonable camp. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know if I would have waited the full 90 days to have this conversation, Maria. Um, so now you can go back and you can say, look, we're getting traction on this thing. You know, if you want to give me another 90 days, I'll, I'll continue investing, you know, time, energy, money, resources into attracting my buyer, but it's not looking good. Usually I have these things sold. I got to get you down to a lower price on this thing. And if, if you're not going to do it with me, you're going to end up doing it with somebody because nobody markets these things better than me. And have that mm -hmm. conversation and see if you can get the price a little bit lower. If not, you can make the choice to move on. You don't have time to deal you know, with that kind of resistance. There's tons of lease option deals like the earlier one we talked about that you can make 30, 30 grand on easy. Plus, you're probably making monthly spread on that. So, yeah. you know, so go get those deals is, is where my head is at. But it's instructive for everybody else that what we're trying to do here is we're not trying to hit a grand slam every time we step up to the plate. Go talk to sellers. Get the house under contract either to close quickly because you're going to close quickly or get it under contract with their terms and an understanding that you don't like those terms that much so you don't want to commit in actually buying it until you've lined up your buyer. But the minute they okay the agreement on their terms, you'll go out and get your buyer with reckless abandon and nobody will do it better and they'll have the best chance of getting the home sold uh, by letting you buy it after you find your buyer. And, and if you can just get a bunch of contracts, then you can build your buyer's list and then you can, you can, you can really calibrate towards what, what the, you know, how the market is ebbing and flowing. So uh, very proud of what, what you've 
uh, brought to the table here, Maria. Those are those are some good ones. I, on this one, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of money there. I mean, you, you're 145, and the property is probably worth only 140. So it sounds like you got some talking to do with the with the seller. Yeah, we actually already did, um, and I told her she actually wanted 160, 166.5 to start. And we said, I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll give it a shot, see. But you know, when the market speaks, um, you know what your house is worth, what someone's willing to pay for it. Is what I told her. So wow. <laughs> we actually did come down from 166.5 to 145. So right now we have it out there at 154.9, and um, well. well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it um, too much, but I'll, I'll, let me ask you this because I think this is this could be helpful to everyone else. Do you um, did you get an agreement from her to put it on MLS as well? No. I might try to get the extra ninety days. Well, first of all, I do a, I do a really accurate comping yourself and see if you think you can you can really get this money on it. This next go around. I would really try to get her down. If you can't get her down, maybe I wouldn't do it. But if you can get her down a little bit and there's some room against a realistic comp, generally you're not going to sell for cash at a premium. So you, you know, they, they're gonna, those, those buyers, they're, they're, it's competitive out there for those buyers, so they get good deals. Or at least, you know, they don't usually don't pay more than the appraisal, which is another problem. If it won't appraise, it won't appraise. If a realtor can't find her way to 145, how's an appraiser? How's your buyer going to get the loan if it doesn't appraise? So you got to have all these conversations with that seller. But, this, but for all the people out there who do get deals like this where there is equity and you're messing around with just Craigslist and pointer signs and things, that's great. But I always, always, 100% of the time, even on my lease options, um, get agreement from the owner of the property that I'm going to use all resources available and, uh, and that includes the multiple listing service, but I need them to agree that I can put it on the MLS. And the way you do that is with a flat fee listing. So you offer a, you know, a percent or two or three, you know, probably three, to the, uh, uh, to the agent who brings the buyer. Of course, that means you've got to get even more money for the house because that agent has to get some money. But at least you'll have more people coming to the table and the market will be speaking more loudly and you'll have more information and data to take back to that seller to say here's what the, how the market is responding to the sale of your house. I'm finding people with terms who will pay 160 for this thing but you know you got to be able to take you know five ten grand down and uh, wait a few years for us to balloon you out. And I got cash buyers but they only want to pay like 140. So I got a couple birds in the hand here I don't know how many are in the bush. What do you want to do? And that's the way that that's the way that game plays out. All right. Well, thank you very much. That was helpful. Okay. Cool. My pleasure. Thanks very much. Uh, congratulations on those deals. And I'm gonna go ahead and cut you off here and, and go to the next call. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Joel. Yep. Thanks. Take care, Maria. Okay. So I have. I, uh, no name here, but it's area code 727. Um, who am I speaking with? This is Chris. Oh, hey, Chris. Can you hear Where me? are you calling from? Where's the 727 area code? Clearwater, Florida. 
or oh, Pinellas County. Fantastic. Um, so, I have I sent in a property lead sheet. Did you get it? Because I sent it in late. Oh, uh, you know I haven't received it, but I can decipher it pretty quickly if you give me the values. Tell me, tell me what, tell me what the ARV is, and the, and and describe the deal for me. Well, it's pretty well fixed up. It does need a new roof. Uh, the roof is uh, was done in '98, but this is a, I couldn't get any comps on it because this is a unusual property. It's on a double lot. The the main house, and then there's a mother-in-law house along with it. The main house is 1,650 square feet. And the mother-in-law apartment, which has a bathroom, kitchen, bedroom, and it's not like a, a studio; it's a bedroom, and that's 464. She had it on Zillow, and she wants to rent it out, um, the main house, for $1,800. She wants 260 for the total property. So okay. I'm trying to figure. So for both the main house and the mother-in-law house uh, combined, she wants 2500 a month. Okay, an uh, and what's the ARV on it? Um, as I said, it was kind of hard for me to figure that out because on um, real estate, uh, ABC, and some other things that I checked, they just... Uh, compared it to the main house. They didn't add the mother-in-law house. All right, well, what do you, what do you suspect the ARV is? Um, she, she came up with 260. What do you but, come up with? Uh, well, that's just it. I'm kind of stuck there <laughs> because... Well, so how do you know if you have a deal? If you can't commit yourself to a number of what you think it's worth, why do you want to work on it? Yeah, well, I this I just came across this today, and then realized we had the call tonight. So I thought, okay. well, let me throw it out there. Well, but, uh, we need more information. Uh, you definitely have to know or have an idea of what the what we call the ARV is, the after repaired value. We have right. to know what what the property would sell for under normal conditions within 90 days, you know, for cash. Um, so we know what we can offer it at with terms when once we get the property, and it, and preferably it should be higher than what she's asking, right? Um, or at least you should be able to negotiate it down below what that ARV is. So we need to know if that's possible. Then the next thing we need to know is, um, you know, what kind of financing exists on the home today, so we so we understand if our payments are going to be able to cover the monthly that's going out on the property already. Do we know that? What Do we know the mortgage balance? Yeah, I do, I do know that her uh, PITI is 1250 but she wants 1800 for the main okay. house and 750 for the mother-in-law suite. I, I got you on that. What, what's the mortgage balance? That I don't know, but okay, she does have a balance on it, yeah. Okay. I and, just and, talked to her tonight, so it was kind of, you know, fast and furious. But um, and I know it's vacant. She's leaving the country, mm -hmm. so I, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Joel? 
Well, I'm, I'm trying to, to determine the facts so I can tell you what I think. The, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we don't know what the mortgage balance is. I, I don't. I like. I, I need to know what the mortgage balance is. I can, you know, guess based on her PITI, um, but we really want to know. How can that. you guess? How do you How do you know that just from experience? Well, you ask. You, you, well, I know that, but I mean, you said you can kind of guess just based well, on... Well, I don't know when she originated the loan, but we've been in a low-interest uh, environment for quite some time. I'm guessing she might owe, you know, maybe around 150 or so. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just from, you know, using a financial calculator a lot. There are rules of thumb that you can use. This includes, you know, the taxes and the insurance, which I don't know how that's composed on the payment, but I'm, I'm guessing the balance is somewhere in that, you know, 150-ish range. Now, what did you talk about with her doing it as a lease purchase or owner financing or what? Uh, a lease purchase, yeah. Lease with option to buy. Okay, and what she's saying to you is fine. 2500 uh, a month, you get the whole kit and caboodle, and yes. if you want to exercise your option, you've got to come up with 260 and, and you want to know if you have a deal. Yes. Okay, so here's the math that you have to do. First, can you get 2500 for this to cover your payment to her? And preferably, can you get a whole lot more than that so there's a reason for you to be involved? Correct, yes. I understand and Do you that. know the answers to that, to those questions? Um... Not right off the top of my head. No, I have okay. to do some So this is the research. due diligence that we want done for us, usually by a virtual assistant, so that when we get a property information sheet, it's bang, here's the R of 300. Seller wants 260. Okay, that's good. Uh, there's 40 grand of equity. Oh, holy cow, she owes 230 on it. That means there's less than $35,000 uh, from between her asking price and what's owed. I'm just going to ask her if I can take over this debt. Mm -hmm. Or she owes 150 like in your case. Okay, she's not going to let me just take over the debt. She's not going to walk away from 100 grand. Uh, I'll ask her, would she rather uh, sell the property to me uh, or lease it to me? Well, we can do either. Most people would rather sell. And if she agrees with that, then we'll structure financing around it. And we structure that financing where the payment coming in to us that we expect from our buyer is more than what we have going out. So you got to learn what you think the spread is between the ask between the price you're going to sell and the price you're going to buy and what the price you're going to lease and the monthly payment you have going out to the to the seller and uh, preferably there's nothing down on a lease option there usually isn't and uh, and what you can get from your from your lease option buyer and then if it's if it's mm -hmm. owner financed uh, maybe you can afford to put a little bit down because you're you're going to have an easier time getting a down payment from the market if you offer it with with owner finance terms. So you have to make all of those assessments, or have your VA recording all that information so you can just look at it and go from sheet to sheet to sheet to sheet, and you're not even involved in the business until you have sheets, lead information sheets on your desk that you can look at and see that there's a deal, so that you know you have somebody. Uh, that you're getting on the phone that you actually want to talk to. 
Mm-hmm. This deal sounds like a time waster to me. I don't know the area, but twenty five hundred a month on two hundred two hundred sixty thousand dollar house. Um, that sounds pretty rough. I got a six hundred thousand dollar house I just leased for twenty five hundred. <laughs> so, mm, right. to get, you know, I realize there's two units here. That just sounds. It just doesn't. It sounds like you're you're going to have to get three grand a month to make this thing worth what worth your while. I know. I know. On, uh, this one's really? probably a time waster, but but Chris, it's not going to hurt you to call and have these conversations. You know, see, right. you know, just just for your own edification, see if you can get the mortgage balance out of her. You know, okay. if if she's you know if she says, well, that's none of your business. What difference does it make? You know, you got to know what you're going to say there, and there's a script on the Gold Club of mm-hmm. how to handle that. Right. You know, and usually usually it's hey, listen, I I told you on the front end that. I can buy your house. I can give you full price. That's you know fantastic. Everybody wants that, uh, but I do need you to be patient because I'm going to make monthly payments to you for a period of time until we cash you out. Are, are you good with taking monthly payments? You know, I go. I have that conversation before I get into the mortgage balance. When yeah. Well, say, she had it up. Yeah, she had it uh, on Zillow as a rental, but just for the main house. Uh-huh. So, um, so what we're talking about is, um, let's see, 465. Um, we're talking, so as I said, the, the main house is 600 and, uh, um, 1,650 square feet, and the mother-in-law apartment is 464. So I'm looking on um, Real Estate ABC, and they have a 2-2 at 1632 that sold in uh, August of this year for 210. So this is a double lot end unit. Um, you know, so I think uh, 260 is probably a fair price. There was one that sold. It was well, what it really comes down to is your, is your monthly payment. That's what concerns me the most is your outgoing because the 260 is just an option. I want you to right. be able to make some money on it, so there's got to be some spread on the monthly. That's an awfully big nut to come up with if, if you know, know. you've got a vacancy or anything along those lines. So I right, think you've got right. some negotiating to do. And unfortunately, Chris, there's just not enough facts on this one. We've got to have the facts so that we can make a good determination on what we're going to do next. Otherwise, okay. you know, we're operating too loosely and, and you can get yourself in, in trouble. Okay, gotcha, Joel. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, thank you, Chris. Have a wonderful e- evening out there in Clearwater. And I'm going to move on to the next caller. Thanks, Chris. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yep. Uh, this... Um, oh, Joel, this is not... Oh, you're from Clearwater as well? Uh, I, yeah, I'm originally from the Clearwater area. I'm now in Brandon. Okay, I, I, I didn't catch what your, what your name was. Matt. Matt? M-A-T-T? Yep. Matt? Yep, you got it. Okay, Matt, what's on your mind? So I got two properties here. I got one with around $100,000 in equity and the other one with around one thirty-five. So I'm looking to close my first deal and obviously pay off some business expenses and stuff and training, Um, trying to figure out if I should possibly double close or if I should just wholesale, kind of just get in and get out real quick. Well, give me the facts. I understand you got the equity, but what are are the the real numbers? Like what's the ARV and all that kind of stuff? So the ARV on the first one is around 325. 
Um, they have a $230,000 loan balance. I do not know the payments, okay. um, but it is a 4-3 with 2,600 square feet, and it sits on a little over an acre. Well, okay, but when you say you have equity in it, what do you mean? What's your price? What are you getting it for? Oh, yeah, so I, I'm looking to get it for around that 230 so that's the $100,000 in equity. They agreed to that? Uh, not yet. So th this is what I'm working right now. Well, what makes you think they're going to agree to that? Because they told it to me. They, they said they're actually moving and looking to get out quick. Did, but did you ask them, hey, look, uh, do you just want the debt relief? I'll go ahead and take over your, your payments or what? Yeah, so I, I'm going to be following up with them, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach it so I can try to come in at that number. Yeah, I guess I'm not following if you've had this preliminary conversation with them or if you're just looking at how to present something to them. Yeah, so I already went through the asking price. So they asked 337 They told me their mortgage was $230. Um, I asked them, I was like, would you Wait, guys be one? Asking? What was their asking price? Arisen was 337 337 and you said, hey, I'll give you 230 and they said, okay. They, they said their mortgage balance is 230. I haven't had that follow-up conversation yet with them. So I didn't, I didn't, well, I was just trying to get What do you think their the, reaction is going to be, Matt, when you say, well, I'll pay off your mortgage? And you get nothing. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's, that was the question I was wanting to ask was how should okay. I approach it to obviously come in and, you know, I, I want to make them a fair offer, absolutely. Um, but I obviously want to make sure I make money. So obviously there's a good enough spread to, you know, kind of keep them happy and keep me happy. So Yeah. So there's a reason why we generally don't go down that road unless the, there's – unless it's within about $35,000, the value, or not necessarily the value, but what they want for the property and what's owed. If okay. it's within thirty-five grand, you can say, look, you know, after realtor commissions that you might pay, discounts, concessions, inspections, all the headaches, closing costs, there's really not much equity in this. Don't you really just want to get out from under this debt so you can move? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the line that we'll take when there's a, a low amount of money, less than $35,000 between what's being asked and what's owed. In this case, you know, there's $107,000 of equity that they think they have, otherwise they want to put it out there for 337. So yeah. for you to go in and say, hey man, I appreciate you letting me know that you owe 230, uh, would you sell for what you owe? I mean, that might get you smacked in the, smacked in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. So the better way to do it is to say, look, if you really want to go that route and you want to try your hand at that, um, what I would do is, is, is just say, just tell them straight up that, look, we buy properties for cash all the time. Uh, I, I also buy them on terms where I can get you closer to your asking price if the terms are right. Um, uh -huh. But if you're looking for all cash and you just want to get out, what is the lowest you can go? Now, keep in mind, I buy properties from banks all the time at 50 and 60 cents on the dollar. So uh, what's the lowest you can go? And then they might say, you know, 300. And then you'll say, well, I'm not saying that's an unreasonable price, but I am saying that I can get a $300,000 home all day long from a bank for 200000 You owe yeah. 230 on this thing, you know, 
I mean, is there any possibility that I, I can just pay off your debt on this thing and, we'll, we, we call, and I'll pay your closing costs and we call it quits? Yeah. It's a ballsy move, man, but um, it's just, you know, you're just talking. So, um, and you can, you know, you can blow your credibility with that. So you got to try to get, you got to feel them out to see if they're willing to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so like I, these were the first times I'd gone through the lead property sheets myself, so I was just trying to learn the best way to approach it so that way I could well, train how about, VAs and how about stuff this on approach? it. How, okay, first of all, you need to know the payment. I don't know what the yeah. payment is on it, so... To me, the better approach is, look, I, you can fire sell this thing to me. We buy, we buy houses at 50 and 60 cents all day long on the dollar from banks. You're not a bank, so I don't want to try to, and I don't want to take the chance of insulting you. I can pay off this debt for all cash very easily. We'll get, get it done, get it cashed out, you can move on. But if you're looking to actually get what the house is worth, and let's be honest, it's worth more than what you owe on it. Uh, but I'm not going to give you cash immediately. I'm going to get you cashed out on this thing at some point in the future, and I'll cover your payments in the in the interim, that and and your closing costs. That way, you can move on with your life. You'll know it's in good hands. I'm going to uh, cover these payments for you. It won't be your problem anymore. And at some point in the future, uh, you know that you and I agree on, uh, I'll get you the you know the 300 or whatever it is you're you're asking for on this house. You know once I verify it's worth that. Um, okay. What you know? What's your view on that? Will you, will, would you sell it to me on those terms? Yeah. You okay. want to have that yeah. conversation with them, and if they say, you know, look, man, you don't have to get this thing for two thirty. What if? What if? What if they've got a payment on this thing of like, you know, at at two hundred thirty? What if they got a payment on this thing of like, you know, sixteen, you know, sixteen hundred bucks or something like that, and, and you can lease it for maybe two grand? Yeah. And you get in for no money down. Yep. You know, then you can you could probably sell this thing on a lease option, get every bit of twenty grand easily on this thing, and have two thousand a month coming in against maybe a sixteen hundred dollar payment, four hundred a month of cash flow, twenty grand up front. You get a price of three hundred from from them, and you sell it for three twenty to somebody else or more. Yep. Uh, that's the that's the beauty of the pretty house business is you can. You, you you can take these deals where they won't allow you to buy them for sixteen seventy cents on the dollar and still make good money on them. Good money three ways: money up yeah, front yeah, on your lease option, buyer's non-refundable deposit, the difference in monthly payment between what you have going out and what you have coming in, and then later the back end. And that back end is real pretty when you do what I talked to Maria about on the front end and go back to that original seller. And say, look, I got money coming in. You want you want to wait these couple more years out, or you want to get a big old chunk of money for Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's the way the game uh, is played, man. That's the way we do it. Cool. Yeah, I re really appreciate that. Um, so the other question I had actually was about the contracts on the Gold Club site. Um, I'm using just like a simple two-pager. I like to keep it simple because sellers respond a lot better to those. Yeah. Um, so I just want to make sure like these are all valid to use like in the state of Florida and like all that jazz. Yeah. You're, look, look, people get all hung up on this contract stuff, okay? What's important is that you and the seller agree on the spirit of the deal. What are the terms? Do we have an understanding on what's going to happen here? Well, let's memorialize it on this agreement. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna close with an attorney, so the attorney will, you know, make it compliant with any regulations and whatnot that are out there. 
but let's me and you agree on the spirit of this deal. How much money you're going to get from me? And and then we'll have the attorney handle all the paperwork. But let's go ahead and memorialize it on on this contract. So you go ahead and do that, and then you know your your attorney can dot i's and cross t's as necessary. Yeah. People worry too cool. much about the paperwork. It's more important to get the agreement on the terms, write write the correct terms into the paperwork, and then. Um, you know, before you close, if something needs to be changed, it can be it, it can be changed as long as it doesn't change what everybody cares about, which is the exchange of money. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean that pretty much covers my questions. The only other real question I had was, say, on the example with the 230 and the ARV is like 335. Would that be an example of one? Obviously, if I, you know, handle that situation a little differently, that I should probably double close or, you know, if, you know, I can't find a lease option buyer or something like that. You, you mean you're saying if you get that $300,000 property for 200 and something? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, look, if, if somebody's willing to give me a hundred grand, yeah, I would probably go out and, I mean, I don't know what kind of repairs it's in, state of repair it has, um, but if it's in good condition, I'd, I'd uh, definitely do a simultaneous close on that thing. Go ahead and okay, market cool. it. I mean, you could you could fire sell that thing for two seventy five, buy it for two thirty, and walk away with forty five grand immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that's all I got, Joel. I really appreciate it. Cool, cool. All right. Well, have a wonderful evening out there in Clearwater. I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and drop uh, this mat and pick up. I think it's Troy coming up here. Uh, so thanks, Matt. Uh, is this Troy? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, hey Troy, how are you? Very good. Where are you um, calling from, man? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, all right. You're not too far down the road from me. What's going on? Um, well, I, I have a general question, and I guess it's a follow-up. Um, appreciate the um, way you're explaining the why and the how and these answers for the lease purchase. Um, I'm coming across a lot of opportunities that I'm more or less passing on. Uh, for a pretty house for sale by owner in the Phoenix market, these are you know, it's very hot here. I find a lot of sellers asking 5% over what I would consider ARV, with the expectation that they're going to have to negotiate down. And they're willing to do a owner finance or lease purchase, but they want to do it at the ARV uh, uh -huh. sales price, and they're willing to you know, do a, basically a payment that covers their uh, PITI and their HOA and and, and sell it on, on terms. Great. But I guess I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, I could just do kind of a, you know, quote-unquote axe deal, take the upfront money and run uh, wow. if I can find a tenant buyer. Or, you know, Ron, I believe, has mentioned several times that it's a good idea these days to – uh, you know, kind of set it up as a sandwich lease option. Yep. If you're going to go in that route, season the deal for a couple, two, three months, and then assign it back to the seller. That's right. That's right. So, so I guess you know that's really why I want to make sure that you know I'm not operating as you know, as an agent, and uh, don't want to appear that way. So I guess I wanted to get your opinion on how you would approach this because I'm coming across it a lot in this market. Yeah, well, that's a great problem to have, Troy. Everyone on this call should have that problem. People willing to do terms, but they're hell bent on the price. 
because that, my friend, is our sweet spot. Because the conversation goes like this. You, you already know the cascade. I can tell you've been, you know, through Ron's quick start, it, it, it would appear by, you know, the way you're talking, you understand the system. So you know what we do on, on every single term we're negotiating. So what's the least you'd accept price-wise? And then they give you a figure that's higher than the R, and you say, what? And then right. they, they say, yeah, that, that's it. And then uh, you're like, come on, man, is that the best you can do? And then they're, you know, they wiggle a little bit more, and then you, know, you say, seriously, what's the best you can do here? If I was to come in with all cash and close this thing before Christmas, what kind of price could you give me on this? Give you one more chance. Play around with it a little bit, see where they're at, and um, you know, and then and then you're like, look, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. You're, are you telling me? And then make choose a number that's lower than that. If I came in with this amount of cash, you just tell me to go pound sand and walk. We can't do business unless I get you every penny of that. And you you play that whole game until you get them as low as you can on the phone. You could probably get them even lower when you go out to the house. And if it's still above the R. You've set yourself up for a, for, for a willing negotiator, hopefully, on the rest of the deal, which is actually the important part of the deal, which is, all right, look, let's reserve price for a minute. I've got to do due diligence. I don't know what the house is worth. I, you know, I don't want to overpay. I don't want to pay more than the appraisal because when I get my buyer, I'm not going to live it at myself. When I get my buyer qualified, they're going to have to get it appraised and it's going to have to appraise. And you know, you got me up here at the top end of the range, man. That's a lot of work. I'm going to put into this thing and maybe not get to the finish line because you want too much money for your house. But let's reserve that for now and let's talk about monthly. You say, you say you'll sell it for what your outgo is. Well, um, you know, and then you have to determine, right, is, is the rent that you can have coming in more than what their outgo is? But let's say it's a free and clear property. You know, that's where you wreak havoc on and you're like, look, uh, I'm, I'm giving you a uh, the appraised value on this thing, pretty damn close to it, excuse my language, but I'm going to need you to, to trade me for that a lower payment because the lower the payment you can give me, the easier it's going to be to get you cashed out more quickly and I know you want to get this cashed more quickly. We're only putting this term in here at, in years because I don't want my back up against the wall, but the lower this payment is, the quicker it's going to be for me. So what's the lowest you can go? And you have that conversation. And if you can get that payment where you can have a positive cash flow, then you're pretty much done if it's a lease option, right? Because they're not going to ask you for a down payment on a lease option. If they do, you tell them, look, if you want a down payment, you can talk about selling it to me, but you know, no landlord asks for a down payment on a lease. So I'm not putting a down payment down on the, you know, on the lease. I'll lease it from you and payments will come in to you through escrow like clockwork. I'll guarantee the maintenance. I'll guarantee the repairs. You'll have no landlording to do whatsoever. All you're going to do is collect uh, probably directly to your checking account and, uh, and we'll cash you out later. Um, so, there's, so there's not going to be a, a down payment to you on it. But if you can agree to that, then um, you know, we probably have a deal. I'm going to have to come out and take a look. And, okay. and the reason that I don't care about that price so much is because you're going to get a down payment from your lease option buyer. You're going to get that monthly spread 
And when it comes time to exercise the option, even if they even exercise the option, you still have the opportunity to go back to that seller with the conversation that Maria and I had at the very outset of this call, which is, look, I've got a couple more years left on this option. I told you I was going to work like a dog to get this thing done quickly. And uh, it looks like I'm going to be able to cash you out on this thing more quickly, but probably not at this price we originally agreed on. Uh, do, you, do you want to just stick it out and I'll close you know, a couple years from now with you? Maybe. It is an option. Or, or do you want a, as a dead certainty that I can close in you know, a couple weeks here at, at a lower price? And you can, you can usually negotiate that back end later. So what I'm saying to you is go get these deals at nothing down and low monthly payments. Take that deal out to the market and go pick up non-refundable option deposits with higher premium rents than what you're renting it for and make that money and worry about the back end when the back end presents itself, which is when your buyer qualifies for a loan, which is not all the time. Not 100% of these deals have a back end. That's why Ron says don't kill the goose because a lot of these geese leave after and leave their down payment with you and move on. So you might you right. might not even get to that point where you're going to uh, get the back end. So so with respect to staying in the deal, I mean the reason I was asking about just the signing out and getting out is that it's I mean maybe it's just a negotiation skill I need to develop, but you know they're what I'm hearing from them is that they will take on a monthly basis, which is their outflow, which is approximately what I see as market rent. And so yeah. I don't. So in other words, I'm not getting any free equity, and I'm not getting any monthly cash flow. Do I even want the deal? And you know, it's a tough call. I mean, you, for what you said, you know, you stay in it, you don't kill the goose. You might have a tenant buyer fail, and you get to do another right. up payment, but you're not making anything along the way. So well, where's it coming? It's a determination you have to make on on uh, how you want to handle it. But my view is if you did it the first time, then why wouldn't you want to do it a second time? We send all these yellow letters out. We have all these VAs calling uh, for us to get the deal. If we did it the first time, then you know, why do we want to get out of it? Why don't we keep it? And if, if our uh, tenant buyer fails and they leave, we, you know, we got a big enough down payment from them, we'll go get another one. And I also don't like leaving the seller in that situation where you know, I've washed my hands of it and now it's their problem. I'd rather just have the chance to do it again. But that's me. Not everybody wants to do it that way. To me, it makes sense to, to, stay, to stay in the middle for as long as you can. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and I always try to convert them to, to uh, owner finance deals anyway, where I actually own them, because I don't like having to redeal with the, the seller, if I, you know, except on renegotiating balloon payments. But right. I want to own the thing. And um, it's a good way to go. And, and it's not that difficult to do, especially if they've got to know you over the course of a year where you know, payments are being made, everything's going swimmingly well, and you just say, look, you know, you're leasing this thing. Don't you want to just have it sold? Let, let's, let's, you know, let's get this deed transferred and you, know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's my right. problem. So, you're, so just so I fully understand, you're saying that in the deal, if the numbers are 
where you are not getting any free where I'm not getting any free equity. So basically, they're willing to sell it to me at ARV, and I'm getting little to no cash flow uh, because they're willing. They want on a monthly basis what is equal to about the rent that I'm probably going to be able to get. That I should still go ahead and put the thing under contract, put it out the market, see what I can get. Hopefully, I can get more. But if I'm not, and the numbers that I just presented to you work, you know, basically no equity, no monthly cash flow, you'd still do the deal, take the upfront money, and stay in it. Is what you're well, I'm not sure I exactly said that. What I said is you have to make that determination. But in my case, my determination is if I wanted to do the deal the first time then why do I have a problem doing it a second time? Right. So, no, I, I, I'm right. the same question. It, right. I it's all predicated on whether I do the first deal. So right. using a hypothetical, we have a $200,000 property, the market rent is $1,500, and the PITI and HOA is $1,500, um, and the guy's willing to lease option it to me, um, and I know I have a buyer out there that's going to give me twenty grand. And I know I can sell it to them for you know 220. Well, there's really no back end on it. You know, do I want to do I want to stay in it? Well, I probably want to stay in it to protect the original seller and to potentially have another chance at 20 grand. Um, but right. what I might, what I'm almost certainly going to do is not agree to begin making payments until I've installed my tenant buyer. Right. Okay. So if I've done that and I've got a big enough down payment, then I'm probably good, right? Even if they move out, I'm probably good. And I mean, you right. can even put something in there that, you know, that, hey, look, there's not a lot of spread on this thing. If, you know, if this tenant buyer doesn't qualify for the loan and, and they move out and I have to reinstall somebody out, you know, um, I'll, you know I'm still responsible, but there might be a lag in, in, in payments for a couple months okay. when that happens. You can put that in the agreement too. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank good you. luck, man. Appreciate it, Troy. I'm going to move on. Have a good night uh, in Phoenix. It's not night for us yet, really. I guess it is 5 o'clock, but I'm going to keep going. We only have three more questions, so I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to pick up somebody from 330 and then somebody who's under the name of Demar and then somebody, uh, 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 Amol, who I think I've spoken with before. So I'm going to pick you three up, and then uh, we'll close the queue down. So if anyone wants to hang with me, sorry I've gone over time here, uh, but... I'm probably a little too long-winded for my own good, so I might go a little faster with you guys. All right, 330, who's on the line? Somebody from the 330 area code? Yes, hi, Joel. Uh, this is Reno from Ohio. Reno from Ohio? Yes. Yep, good I to have, meet you. Uh, yeah, how you doing? Very good, thank you. What I have you two uh, questions. Um, one is I have a bit of a problem with finding an attorney around here um, to look over my paperwork um, yeah. and guide me on like lease option deals. Cause, you, you, uh, do, do, you, do you have a deal yet? Do you have a deal in queue? I have a deal. I have a wholesale deal. Um, that I have a question about also. Well, well, what I'm asking about is related to the attorney, though. Do you have a deal right oh, now? Oh, no, no. Um, okay. So listen yeah, that, to me. I don't have it related listen, to listen that. To, listen to me, because this is a stumbling block for so many people. Okay? No attorney wants to deal with hypotheticals. It's very seldom 
that attorney's just going to review all your paperwork unless you know you pay a bunch of money up front because they don't know if you're bringing any business or not. So the way to deal right. with, with with this is go get a deal. Use the paperwork that we have. You can always put subject to attorney review if you're uncomfortable with writing something on uh, you know with contractual terms that may not be fully compliant with your area. And you get the deal, and then you call the attorney. Hey, I got a deal on 123 Main Street. This is the structure of it. I'd like you to close it for me and make sure the paperwork that we did is correct. How much per hour? What can I expect of you? And you start interviewing them, okay? And then you do, you do one deal, and then you just use the same paperwork for your next deal. Quit asking and, and start expecting that people are going to support what you're doing, which is a real estate transaction. So that's the, okay. first, that's, that's the first monologue, if you will, on attorneys. And then the second one is, if you're really that concerned about it and you feel like you've got to have a conversation with an attorney, just go to your Creative Real Estate Investment Association. There's usually lots of attorneys around there. You can get referrals. But I'm telling you, you're not going to have a problem finding an attorney when you have a deal because that's what they're, that's what they're advertising their services for. I'll close a real estate deal for you. Not, hey, I'm going to give you a, a real estate education in hopes of you're going to bring me business. People do that all the time. They go in and call these lawyers and expect them to review all this paperwork. Oh, you know, I'm going to go out and do this and I'm going to do that. And nobody wants to hear that. They don't have time for that. Bring them an already solidified deal in spirit and let them dot the I's and cross the T's to, 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 uh, to, to be structured properly for, um, you know, an actual closing. Fair enough? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ohio's like a... Um they're a land contract state, so um, what they're trying to say is lease, like lease option in the houses is kind of like skating on um, land contract, and it's looking like that. I mean, that's the problem they're they're kind of presenting me. But I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm not sure I followed what you what you just said, but um... uh, well, we have um, here in Ohio, it's, it's a land contract state. Um, they do land contracts, right? You know, they don't do uh, wraparounds, okay. something like that. Fine. And they're trying to say that it's close to that, but lease option and land contract is like an owner financing contract. Um, lease option is making rental payments for a future option to purchase, and they're trying to say it's kind of like the same thing. And they just, you know, well, I don't see what difference, well, I don't see what difference it makes. You're coming to an agreement with the seller. And uh, either they're going to sell it to you or they're going to lease it to you. Whatever the mechanism in Ohio that's used for selling to you, you'll use. And whatever the mechanism used for lease optioning it to you, you'll use. Right. They just, they just put up a big problem about it um, with the lease option, lease purchase. They're trying to say it's the same thing. The court will see it as being a land contract. and It's a whole problem. But... I guess you know I'll, I'll get one on the on the contract, like you said, and then I'll I, you know I'll drop it in front of them and ask them to you know educate or review and correct whatever needs to be corrected. Um, I mean, I don't, the deal I, I, I have what, are now, you, what are you trying to, to, to what What are you saying that the, one that's the state made something illegal there? No, well, I went through. I'd have to say twenty attorneys on the phone. Um, tell them what I want to do. I was, I was having them, you know, like Ron says, have, have an attorney, local, get a local attorney and review yeah. the, 
the contracts. Well, I really only wanted them to review standard purchase agreement um, for a wholesale deal that I had coming up. And they were just, actually, most of them will be like, a wholesale deal? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> well, I mean, to be, to be, I've never seen anything like this. You, you gener- a lot of times you don't even need an attorney for a wholesale deal. You've got a contract and you're selling that contract for cash. There's right. no exchange of title. You're just trading positions as the buyer with somebody. So yeah. I'm not well, sure. They also said, they also commented on that. They commented on that. They said, you might get away with doing one or two, but then you know the, the realtor association around here and the state might come uh, after you come making money doing that. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, people, there's investors in the state making money every day. Simultaneous close on it, it you know, uh, and the attorney can make both fees if that's what they're angling for. You go get your buyer. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. So listen, man, there's there, yeah. there's ways to do this. I would get with your real estate investment association and. Um, learn what's what's working and what's not and uh, over time you'll be able to separate what's a bunch of BS from what's real right okay well I have um this wholesale deal on the contract um, I'm purchasing it for they, they wanted 10 grand they had 4500 in back taxes so I said hey listen I'll tell you what I'll take care of the back taxes I'll give you 5500 I'll take care of the back taxes. Mm-hmm. Now, my question, my my question is this: If you have a What's suggestion, it the, uh, okay, um, it's well, it's saying around ninety-one thousand. Now, here's uh-huh. the here's the bonus. It comes with a, 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 a so an additional lot. It okay. uh, has three so bedrooms. Ninety-one thousand um, dollar property that somebody's asking ten grand for with. 4500 of back taxes and you talked them down to instead of paying effectively 15 you're, you're going to get a $91,000 property for 10 grand. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be thinking about wholesaling that. I'd be thinking about Mr. Credit Card. <laughs> 10 grand. Well, I, well, the thing, well, here's the thing. It needs like 20 to 30,000 in work. Um, okay. I was think I I was going to sell it for fifteen grand with my buyer paying the back taxes also, so it would come out to you know close to twenty grand. Yeah. Um, total. Works. So I was going to make a ten thousand dollar profit. Do you think I should raise that price up? Uh, I think you should ask. I think you should ask the person that you're selling it to what's the most they would pay. Just say, look, I, I'm going to leave some money in here for you to make, but let's face it, this property is worth close to a hundred grand when it's fixed up. How much is it going to cost you to fix yeah. this thing up, and you know, right. uh, and, and work backwards like that? If they say, "Well, I got to put at least twenty-five grand into it," okay, so we're at seventy-five. How much you need to make on this thing? You know, yeah. well, I got to make twenty grand for it to be worth my while. Okay, well, we're at fifty-five. So now you know, I let you make twenty. It, Will you give me sixty for it. I mean, you got a long way to go to work your way down to fifteen grand. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it. I had my buddy was talking to me until oh, once you raise the price, there's so much profit left in it. So, you know, once you raise it up, it, it's two hours from me. I didn't see the house. I just locked it up. And before I locked it up, before I met with the buyers, I actually built like... Well, look, um, here, here's oh, what you do. 
why don't you go ahead and advertise it as you know a realistic R? You know, you could you, you might be able to get away with putting a hundred grand down if you can show the comps. Say, you know, a hundred thousand dollar property, estimated repairs, twenty-five grand, bring all offers, highest bid wins by next Friday. And let's see what you get. You should have a bunch of people calling. You know, you know, no offer uh, will be left behind. And you know, you'll probably have people coming in. You know, ten grand, fifteen grand. Maybe you get someone for twenty-five. And you know, then you know you're in business. That sounds beautiful. So great yeah, idea. That's a great job. That's a that's a great job, man. I'm uh, really proud to hear about that one as well. So. All right, my friend, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I uh, it, 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 unless you have something else, I'm going to move on to DMAR. Is that okay? Yeah, no, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joel. Have a good night. Yep. My pleasure. Have a great evening. Take care. Thank you. You too. 818, DMAR, how's it going? Hey, Joel, it's DeMar. How are you? Oh, very good. Sorry about that. Uh, DeMar, no where's 818? Well, you know, I'm in, in, in ATL right now, but uh, by way of uh, of Los Angeles, California, formerly the Valley, Westwood, West uh, Westwood, uh, California. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, it's it's funny, Demar, because as I'm sitting here calling you Demar, I'm getting images of that Key and Peele YouTube video. I don't know if you've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> but anyway, that is. That's a, that's some funny stuff too, right? No doubt about it. No no, no doubt about it. I, it's too bad we didn't have a Timothy on the line. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tamara. So what's on your mind, man? What's going on? Hey, so listen, I've got a couple of best strategy questions for you. Uh, I've got uh, three contracts that you know or potential that I'm I'm uh, in the process of negotiating. Just want to make sure I'm on the same page for what I'm thinking as far as best strategies. One of which. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of perplexed on how to do this. I'm kind of looking at this like a double down deal, if you will. Uh, there's a property um, out here in uh, the suburbs of Atlanta, and uh, it's an area where a lot of celebrities like to go uh, to get away from, you know, the public life, so to speak. And uh, it's free and clear, and uh, the owner's asking around 900. ARVs about 1.1. Uh, like I said, it's free and clear. Uh, the dilemma I have, though, is she wants to sell concurrent to her having another property to move into. She wants to downsize. Uh, she's moving and wants to move to a neighboring county. Um, and the property value, uh, I'm estimating, estimating for the um, house she wants to move into is somewhere between 450 and 470. Um, so naturally, she's wanting to have that at the very least as uh, a down payment, so to speak. She's, of course, willing and open to uh, owner financing in terms. So my conundrum is, and what I'm thinking is, okay, so do I go back to her and say, hey, uh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, let's uh, work together to find your property where you want to move first and then double back to secure this one? Or, you know, what's, what's the scenario? I mean, she's open. She's more than willing to will and deal on terms, but she obviously wants to have somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, you know, before letting go of this one. Well, if it's free and clear, is there any reason that she can't just take a very, very low loan-to-value loan out on this $1.1 million house? She can get 500 all day long and use that to go buy her downsized house and then, and then sell it to you on terms. 
Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, you know, my, my conversation with her is leading me to believe, you know, she is, you know, not wanting to do that and or feeling she wouldn't get approved what or jumbo. I don't understand what difference it makes, really, right? She, she's, she, either way, the money's coming out of that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, either way, the money's right. coming out of that house. If, you know, uh, otherwise, what you can do, she's not going to need... I mean, I don't know what her credit situation is as far as being able to go get another house or financial situation, but mm-hmm. she's not going to need all 450000 in cash to buy a new house unless she's just saying that that's the way I do it. I don't want to... Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, well, that's the thing. She doesn't want to have a loan you know, because she knows she's have, she has the equity in this yeah. one. She wants that one to be completely paid off in full. And well, what I'd probably do more. then is uh, just... Just say, look, it's going to be really difficult to get that kind of a down payment, but it's happened before, so let's write it up with your terms. I may, you know, what if I can get you another $100,000 on this thing? What if I get you, you know, a a million dollars on this house then? Would it be worth it for you to go get a $500,000 loan? Because I will have made you an extra hundred on it. You know, if you get a $1.1 million buyer and your contract with her is for $1 million, um, you know, it it, it could be worth it for her to go get a $500,000 loan uh, on the promise that she's going to get a million dollars total instead of nine hundred total. Gotcha. All right. I see what you're saying on that. it, It comes down to what you can negotiate. So, you know, I would probably go to her and just say, look, these houses right now, these luxury houses, um, are um, a little bit more difficult to sell than your bread and butter home. So for me to get involved in this, uh, I need to get a little bit better price than this 900 you have. Uh, you want to go get that nice downsized house, be nice and comfy cozy in a couple of months. The more you work with me on this 900, the quicker we're going to get to that. What's the lowest you can go on this house? And I'm hoping that number starts with a lucky seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I, she's, you know, see what she'll, she's going to go for, and then you know, do the whole cascade. You know, is that the best you could do? Blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. when you when you when you get uh, the price, you say, well, let you know, let's write it up at that. Um, give me 90 days to locate my buyer. Hopefully I'll be able to locate that buyer. You know, you need an awful lot of money down. You're not giving me a whole lot of room and flexibility here, but let me go see what the market will bring. And when I line up my buyer, I'll close on it with you. If I can't, I may come to you with, you know, another, a different type of deal structure that, that will work for you. So if you can do that, I'll get to work on this thing right away. Fair enough. And then, and then write it up. You know, maybe you get her down to 800 on it. And then you do what I said to, I think it was Chris, which is always, always put these properties, get the permission of the owner and, and do a flat fee listing, put it in the MLS. You may have somebody come in and, and, and say, well, you, you, know, you might put it in there for one point, you know, one nine nine, And somebody comes in and says, I won't give you a penny over a million. And you take it for, the, you know, so now you've got a contract for a million and your contract with her is for you know less than 900, and um, and she can get all 900 and go buy that house for 450. Right. If you get it for yeah. 800, then you then, then you can go down much lower. You can go down to 900 with someone on the MLS. 
that's what I love about these 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 luxury houses is you know it doesn't take much to make thirty or forty grand. You, if, right. you, if you I forget the way Ron puts it. If you you know the more dollars you wallow in, the more stick to you. So you deal with these right. higher end homes, and the spreads are massive. Right. You know we got you know the the uh, I was talking to someone just just before you about a ten thousand dollar home for ninety one thousand dollars. Well, you know, now we're talking about, you know, a $900,000 home and, you know, it's not that big of a deal for her to go down to 850. It's a very big deal for someone on a $200,000 house to go down to 150. So, right. you know, there's, there's money in, 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 these, in these deals and she sounds like a good candidate to me. She sounds like she trusts yeah. you and she's willing to work with you. So I just go get the best contract you can, even if it's an all cash contract. And just tell her, just okay. like, look, I'm going to offer this out to my market of terms buyers, um, and we'll, you know, we'll, you know, I, sometimes these terms buyers, you know, give us too good of a deal to pass up. But I'll also go ahead and try to attract the cash buyer. It'll be up to you to decide. But I want to have as many offers coming in to me as possible, so that if I can restructure my purchase with you, uh, I can make money and you can be happy uh, with it, and we can get you to that other house. Okay, we're writing this up uh, as owner financing, right? Come again? I would be writing this, getting this under contract under uh, owner financing. Um, well, if she's willing to, I thought, she, you, so what'd she do? She told you that she'd be willing to do it for forty-five percent down. Yeah, you know. So originally, she's yeah. you know like uh, you know give me forty, fifty percent down, right. and you know so then we're yeah, gonna have her carry a note. I would definitely rent. write it up with the best terms you can because then it's easier to renegotiate. You know, right. just just say look, you know, I I wouldn't argue with her too much because I mean she's probably not gonna go down to twenty if if she's you know so if it's forty, what difference does it make? You're probably not gonna get a buyer for you know forty or thirty, and if you do, it's gonna be an all cash buyer, so you're gonna revert to that anyway. So, right. so I, I would, I, I would just say, okay, you know, just, you know, let. I just want you to understand, uh, I'm not doing backflips down the hallway with glee over these terms. Um, I think it could be tough. So I need a longer escrow. We're going to write this escrow up for 90 days, and there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to come in and close this thing with these terms. But when the market speaks and the burden in the hand appears, I'm going to come back to you and, you know, let's see what we got, and it'll be your decision. But I'll spend my time, my money, my energy, my resources the minute you okay this paperwork and I'll be going to work on this and I'll be in constant communication with you. Fair enough? Okay. And then write it up and then go to work. Okay. And then what do you think would be a fair, uh, you know, for her carrying uh, paper on this, you know, uh, I don't really know what the fair amount it's is. It's going to change uh, anyway. I would just, just write it up, just, just say, look, I think this deal is going to change anyway. We'll write it up at, you know, uh, what, what is it, 400 down and 500 due. And, you know, and what's the most amount of years you can give me? Okay. And let's just make it interest only at, at, you know, what interest rate. Keep it nice and clean and easy because it's going to change anyway. Okay. It's free and clear. Yeah. So it's no big deal. You're, you know, just ideally, I mean, you might be able to get her to agree to just, just the taxes and insurance is the payment on the thing. Okay, right. Then you then you very well might get somebody with a big you know down payment if you can get the tax if you can just get the payment to be taxes and insurance. Then you have somebody that comes in who's willing to pay, you know, uh, what six seven thousand dollars a month on the on the house 
And if you have it for you know a couple thousand because it's free and clear, you could say, look, can you come up with more down if I get your monthly payment way down? Mm -hmm. So the main thing, like I said at the outset of the call, is be clear with your sellers on what your intentions are. I'm going to close right away if I get good enough terms and then negotiate those terms and close right away. But if you don't get good enough terms, all right, all right, look, I'm going to go ahead and take a chance with you. I'll write it up on your terms. I got to go find my buyer before I close with you. It's going to cost me, you know, a heck of a lot of money to, and time and energy to, to do it. But I like this house and I like you. We'll write it up with your terms. Just understand, I, you know, I'm going to put this uh, as a 90-day close and hopefully I'll get it uh, closed sooner than that. But, you know, not 100% guarantee. You're clear, you're, you're clear on what we're doing here? And, you know, if yep. they are, then good. Write it up and now you've got another uh, house in your inventory to go sell. You're not okay. selling it for them, by the way. You're selling it for you because your intention is to buy it from the proceeds of your buyer's uh, uh, loan or, or money or you know whatever, however it's coming in. Transaction. You're yeah. lining up your buy. You're lining up your buyer first before you close. You're not going and finding a buyer for them. Otherwise, you know that's being a realtor without a license. Okay. All right, Demar. Got it. Perfect on that. Um, one other quickie. Um, pretty similar. ARV 969. Willing to take 929. Open to uh, lease purchase. Uh, wants 50 down. 8500 a month. Firm. Not budging. How, in wait, how much a month? $8,500. $8,500 a month? Yeah, this is location, location, location all day. Um, you know, but why is the, is, the, is the mortgage, what's the payment on this thing? Uh, free and clear. Shoot, man, 8500 a month. You, you got to be yeah, out of state. I can get it. I, right now, I, in Vegas, I mean, I, I, I know Atlanta is all the way on the other side, but for 8500 a month, I'm getting a heck of a lot better property than a $900,000 property. Well, this is I right got, by Fifth Plaza, Limits Mall. I, let, let me just put it in perspective. I just did a property okay. today. The property mm -hmm. on Zillow is two million, and mm -hmm. uh, the payment's thirty four hundred. That's what they want. Thirty four fifty wow. actually. So eighty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I was I, saying. I, and he was firm. I, I mean, I, I asked him three ways till Sunday if he was I firm on it. Be out of the market on that house. Eighty five hundred a month. Are you kidding me? Right, right. That's what I was thinking. But, but fifty grand down. I like that. Fifty grand on a million dollar house. I like that. Right. I like that a lot. That's right. five percent down. So, fifty right. grand. Yeah. Uh, my problem though is that eighty five. I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't know that's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a right. very big problem. But yeah. you can write it up. You can write it up. Look, let's write it up. Fifty grand, eighty-five hundred a month. You know, nine, I'll even give you the benefit of the, you know, the, the nine twenty-nine here or whatever. Uh, or was it nine fifty-nine? Nine twenty-nine is the the take. Uh, nine fifty-nine. They, they owe nine twenty-nine. Did you say? No, no, it's free and clear. He's asking nine twenty-nine and 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 uh, ARVs nine sixty-nine and fully furnished. Awesome. That's awesome. I did one like that uh, not too long ago. It was a condo uh, where we had a seller that wanted too much. 
it, it was it was uh, eight hundred. I think it was an eight hundred and seventy nine thousand dollar condo. All he wanted was twenty five grand down. He wanted more, but I got him twenty five grand. His payment was what bothered me. He wanted five grand a month, which I thought was too much. Um, but lo and behold, I found a buyer with ten percent down, eighty seven nine and sixty five hundred a month, and uh, ended up closing on that. So this one, you know, try to get them down as low as you can uh, on both the down and on the price. As far as that monthly goes, uh, I don't think the market's going to bring you that. And what I would encourage you to do is pull up the rental comps for million dollar and two million dollar houses and share that with them and be like, dude, seriously, you're asking eighty five hundred a month. Look at what eighty five hundred a month buys in the ATL. Right. Are you kidding me? You got you got to work with me a little bit on this payment, man, and go down that route. And then you know, if it's still too high, write it up. Go ahead and write it up, and go go find somebody. You may find somebody that's got two hundred down on this, and then they want realistic financing for the other you know eight hundred. And you can just say, look, nobody's going to give you eighty five hundred, but look what I did for you. You don't get fifty grand down. You, you get a hundred and fifty grand down, and that's because my buyer's bringing in two hundred. I'm going to walk with fifty. You're going to walk with one fifty, and you're going to get uh, a payment that's commensurate with the rest of the financing, which is the seven or eight hundred that's left. Gotcha. And that's what happens. It's the deal after the deal, Demar. The deal after the deal. It happens all the time. So go get these things right. under contract when you don't get perfect terms, and then go find your buyers. Right, bird in the hand will change the game when you come back to the table. Gotcha. It, it, it does, as long as you do your homework on the front end and you make sure you're dealing with a reasonable seller. If they're, it, what you get early on with people is what you get later on with people. If they're a pain in the neck on the front end, it's very likely they're going to be a pain in the neck later. So I forget what Ron calls it. If, if they give you grief, whack them and whack them. <laughs> right, right, just get rid of them. All right, so listen, I've got one last one. This one's a smaller one, uh, and I'm active on this one. Matter of fact, she just texted me while I'm talking to you, and my, I'm you know, kind of tossed up if I even want to mess with this one or not. Um, she was originally asking 140. Um, ARV is 159. Uh, she owes 111, and she's passed due on her HOA by 2,000 and let's just say 2,100 just to make it even. Um, you know, got her down from that 140 ask to now uh, today calling back because I think she's desperate to get rid of this thing um, for 115. Woo. The problem is, the problem is though, I mean, it sounds good, but the problem is, is uh, it needs some work. You know, I want to go check well, it out. What's and, her payment? Uh, payment is a thousand. Thousand. What's the thousand a month? And but fixed up, how much could it rent for? Well, it's got to like, you know, based on the uh, structural engineer report that she had done prior to me coming along that she forwarded to me, there's about 27,500 in work that needs to be done. 27,500? Correct. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. Man, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I was liking it for, I was liking yeah. it for a minute there, but right. that's a heck of a that's lot what... of work, man, even on a work for equity. I mean, it, could you right. get an occupancy permit on it or no? Could I get a what? An occupancy permit, even with that that amount of work. Uh, you know what? Uh, that I don't know. That I don't know. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's even needed there. 
It may not, I mean, some municipalities require that before you put somebody in there. They have like the fire right. department come out and others, you know, check it out. So, um, well, yeah, I would only, I would only assume that, you know, there's no way I would even personally feel comfortable well, putting a tenant in there while, you know, it, it's needing structural work. Um, so, I don't think I was I mean, thinking of was this a man deal. I mean, you could, it might, you're gonna have to do some due diligence on this, but look, you can just let her know. There's a lot of work that's needed. You're behind on your payments. I know you want to get out from under this debt. Um, I, I can buy it for what so I can pay your closing costs, bring your HOA current, um, but I am going to need you to make the next couple payments because it's going to take me some time to get things set up to where I can get this thing resold, particularly with, with the amount of renovations that are needed here. If you want to do it, you could, you could take it over subject to and you, know, you could try to uh, owner finance it out and and uh, if somebody has the down payment, um, you know that could fund some of the repairs on it. So I don't know. It it's, it seems like uh, what what do you call these things? Golden turds. Yeah, golden you know. That's, again, I just really wanted a second opinion. I don't really like to deal that much to even go through the headaches of doing this deal. I just you know I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't you know. I mean, cause I want to do what I can to help her. She's a retired veteran, you know, single mother. Um, so, you know, I'm really just, you know, trying to, you know, find a way to help her out of this tight spot. Well, but, maybe, you know, the numbers the just other, aren't working. Yeah, I like to close on these subjects too. And, you know, you, if, if the ARV is really 160 and right. it's 27000 of work, maybe you only need to put a little bit of work into it to get it to where it can be reasonably looked at and occupied and you could have uh, work for any, a work for equity lease option buyer come in and do the rest, and you and you know you maybe put it on the market for them for 179 something like that, and you know so if you're in for the 2100 on the HOA and you're in for you know a couple grand of closing costs and you you do some of the work, you know you might be into this thing for 15 to 20. But you know you still got thirty or forty on the back there in equity. I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it, but I'd be looking for a way to try to do it. And that's that's the that's the gymnastics, the mathematical gymnastics I would play out in my mind, which is what we're trying to do on this call here for everybody. All right. Okay. All right. I really appreciate your uh, your input. Uh, it's been very helpful. Okay. All right. Well, very good, Demar. Have a great evening, and I will uh, catch up with you later. All right, my friend. Have a good one. Yep, you too. I'm going to go to Amol here. Uh, I remember you. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, but I think I remember you from the last time we spoke. Well, good evening. Yes, you are pronouncing it correctly. All right. Thank you. You've been very patient, so I'll make my questions very quick. All right. Uh, this is concerning one house that I looked at very recently. Um, the owner, the previous owner, had not taken good care of it. And what we found was there's a couple of uh, issues that uh, I saw quickly. One is uh, there is on a couple of walls, we noticed that there is some black mold forming. Mm -hmm. And uh, since uh, Hurricane Irma had been this way, that was my first question. Turns out that was not the issue. The previous owner had 
eight dogs in the place. And she would go out of town for a week or so at a time and leave the dogs there to fend for themselves. So the black mole is most likely courtesy of the dogs using any place they could find as a bathroom. That's one. The other one, uh, so, and we found on a couple of walls. One was uh, a patch in the master bathroom, and one was a patch in the, uh, let's see, just outside one of the bedrooms. It's a three-by-two house. Uh-huh. Uh, it's in a very desirable area, unfortunately, or that. The other issue we found was a crack that was running across the family room, and uh, the crack really starts from the corner of the house, which has the master bedroom, and there the crack is a hairline crack. Uh, yeah. However... Okay, uh, well, let, let, me, let me cut you yeah. off for a second. One, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a difficult time hearing you. And, and two, we need to get into the mathematics here uh, because all of that stuff doesn't really matter. It just informs... The math, the, the math. So okay. So it always comes down to the same thing, and it's what is the after repaired value, and what is the cost of these repairs? Whether it's mold, whether it's mold caused by cat pee or dog urine, or whether it's fire damage, or whether it's just somebody who cosmetically ruin the property. It all comes down to the same thing. What does it cost to get this property in pristine condition? So that's all I need to know is the number. So, so tell me what's the R on it? The R is approximately 220. Okay, and what does it cost uh, to repair? To, what's your repair estimate on it? My repair estimate on that is around 45. 45. Okay, so for everybody, I already know you know this, Amol, but so the math on that that we use is right. the after repaired value of $220,000 times what, Amol? Times sorry, 70%, which is 0.7. So that's 154000 less the All cost right. of repairs, which is 45000 that gives you that gives you the maximum allowable offer or what we call the mayo. So Correct. you would have our approval to go as high as $109,000 on this if your math is correct. And the right. ugly house uh, business is as simple as that. Right. My question is uh, really how... Um, involved is in getting rid of the black mold and how serious might that crack thing be? It can be, it can be awful, but that's why I ask you to estimate the repairs. I, you're going to have to have a, you know, a, a good uh, look at that property. So how would you come up with the 45? It sounds like you already figured it out. Well, uh, that was based on uh, some questions I asked uh, locally. So all you have to do, and, and listen, if you're not sure put a fudge factor in into your mayo and you can make the okay. offer and then you can still say contingent on uh, partners inspection and approval within 72 hours it can kill some of your deals doing that but if you do that 
then you can send an engineer out or you can send you know you know some kind of qualified inspector to, to look at it and find out how much damage there really is and what it's going to really cost to get it done and see if your numbers hold up and if they don't then you then you either walk or you go and you go you go back and renegotiate so i don't want okay. you making guesses but go you can go ahead and make guesses just to get it under contract get it under contract where you have the control and you have the decision making Give yourself a little bit of time to get someone out there to take a look, see, and 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 do your due diligence. But the formula doesn't change. After repaired value right. times seventy percent minus your repair estimate equals the most you can offer. We don't offer the most we can offer on the first go round. We start a little lower most of the time, and 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 see what you can get. That's what I want you to do. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Cool. What, what was, was your What was your other question, Amir? That was it. I was oh, just concerned okay. about because I've never dealt with black mold before. So just to get a handle on what can be done, uh, how should I say? Um, yeah. What yeah, might that be stuff typical? Will, that stuff can out of control and it can be a problem. You know, and and, and even though this isn't one you're going to lease option out, it could particularly be a problem if you're lease optioning out. You know, I mean, there's. You know, there can be issues where people can get sick and stuff. You don't want to have to deal with any of Correct. that. So, um, Correct. So, yeah, that's the way it works. But there's no problem that can't be fixed, right, unless the house is condemned and it has to go bye-bye. So, uh, all right, well, very good, Amol. Uh, there's another oh, Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do, too. And hopefully I'll see you out there in, in, in Florida in a couple months. And for those of you who are left on the line, don't forget to sign up for the convention coming up in February. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I am going to take the, even though I promised that we would end it with you, Hamol, there is actually one more caller that I see, and I'm only taking it because it's from 312, which is my hometown of Chicago. So let me go ahead and take this Chicago caller here, and we'll close it up with, who's calling from Chicago? Hello there. My name is Vernon, and I was wondering, all the, all the FISBO leads that come on the Gold Club site, are those uh, are those are those for sale by owners and and realtors? Are, are some of those houses listed, or yeah. none of them? Are hey, uh, did you say your name was Vernon? Yep. Hey, Vernon, what side of Chicago are you on? Uh, Roseland. Roseland. Oh, okay, South Side, huh? Southeast over here by King Drive. Yeah, no, I, I grew up over there. I was on 67th and South Shore, lived in Hyde Park, went to school, high school there, and then I moved to the north side and uh, graduated from the north side. But that's why I'm, both, I'm one of the few Chicagoans that's both a White Sox and a Cubs fan. Cause <laughs> who, who is this? Is this, is, is this one of the Wolves? No, no, this is Joel Sangerman. I don't think we've had the pleasure of meeting, but it's, uh, I, I'm mm -hmm. out here in Vegas. It's always good to talk to a fellow Chicagoan. Thank you, thank you. I was born right. I was born at Michael Reese Hospital, which is no longer there, but it's it's not too far from you. But I won't bore everybody on the phone with these details of my birth. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, at Michael Reese, they're gonna build some high rises over there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, listen, man. Uh, you're asking about the Gold Club lead service. These are the leads that come in for fifty nine dollars a month. You get all the leads you can handle. It's a great reason to be in the Gold Club in and of itself. But uh, your question is, are some of those listed by realtors? And the answer to that is yes, because sometimes the realtors will drop their ads on Craigslist 
or other services that the Gold Club engine scrapes, if you will, to produce leads coming at your email every day. So they're not all FISBOs, even though they're, they're presented as FISBOs uh, in online advertising from time to time. Oh, I, I dig. That's why Ryan says call every one of them. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just that alone is worth the $59. I got more leads here than I can handle. I, I, I'm trying to hire somebody to call them for me. I don't want to feel like calling them. I mean, there's not a, there's not a better value in real estate. At, at this point, the Gold Club is so mature in the sense that there's hundreds of videos. Every question that you could ever possibly ask in real estate, every question that's been asked on this call and for you know the last year of calls has been answered in some way, shape, or form by Ron in writing or on video, and you can use the search engine to find answers to those questions without having to wait for this call. And there's just, like I said at the beginning, a treasure trove of information on there. And uh, you know I've been doing this business for decades, yet I still go on the Gold Club and grab stuff all the time or refresh uh, on certain concepts. So. Uh, it is the best value in real estate. There's, there's no doubt about it. So, what, was that the only question you had, or did you have, have something else? No, I just wanted to. Uh, Joel, are you a mentor? Uh, uh, I use the term loosely, but, but yes, I do have that role. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one, one more quick question. What's the difference between uh, hiring a mentor? And using the coaches when you when you order, like if I order a Pretty House Terms course right now, uh -huh. there's 90 days of coaching there. Uh, once you make that call, once you make your first call about property, they they give you 90 days. There's a co what's the difference between coaching and mentoring? Well, and if I was a self-serving person, I'd say the difference is about an extra hundred thousand dollars a year. But um, if you're slow. But I'm not a self-serving person, so I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so coaching, coaching, uh, coaching is. I'm, I'm seriously just uh, just teasing. The uh, the coaching is a great value. Um, here's my my personal view. I mean, we'd love to have everybody in, in you know in the mentoring program because it, it's the easiest way to calibrate your understanding. It's the easiest way to optimize deals. It's the quickest way to put cash in your pocket. But I also like people to have a very solid foundation, and I think it's a good idea to go to Quick Start Real Estate School. I think it's a good idea to actually learn the term system, possibly even by uh, the, you know the DVDs before you go to Quick Start Real Estate School, so that when you're at the school, these concepts crystallize a little bit better for you. And I think it's a good idea to use that coaching that that um, you know I, I guess comes along with it, where you can call and talk to somebody at at the office. You're not going to get an outside mentor like me or, or any of the others. Most of us run our own businesses, and uh, we do this mostly as a favor to Ron um, in the sense that you know, there's not really you know, much money for mentors in it, but we, we do. You can see I've, I'm, I've been on this phone for you know, almost two hours now. Uh, I like talking to people. I like hearing about everyone's deals, and uh, it creates a lot of enthusiasm uh, for me to press forward with the business that, that, that I'm doing every day, knowing that there's others that are out there having success. So uh, most, most of the mentors are very seasoned. 
And um, I don't even know who runs the coaching program actually at Global, but I'm sure it's somebody qualified and I'm sure they can answer your questions. But I think the, the mentorship program is really for those who are you know, very serious about the business. They understand the term system. They have the basics down and they really want to make sure they optimize every deal that they go out and do. And uh, the, I don't even actually know what the cost of the mentorship program is, but I, but I am sure that it's less than what you would make on, on just doing one deal. And with the help of a mentor, you've got, you know, as long as you implement, as long as you act on what we're telling you guys to do, that, you know, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to, to do a deal. You've you got to generate leads. You have to qualify leads. You have to construct and present offers. You have to follow up and you have to close quickly. And if you do all of that, the mentor can help optimize your deals. The mentor is not going to do the deal for you. You know, we'll call sellers for you and help out if needed, but um, you, you, the, the folks have to actually act. So if you're serious about taking action, uh, it's, it's a good investment. But what comes ahead of that is getting the right education. That means quick start real estate school and understanding the term system. So I'm down with, with Whatever course you choose, Vernon. Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I've had two two uh, two uh, courses of mentors already, and uh, you're right. Uh, the reason I didn't do anything is because what he was telling me to do, it, uh, I wasn't really doing it, and I led him to believe that I was. So when it, when it, when it, so when it was time boy, to Vernon, you're a naughty boy. Yep. Yep, it, that hurt real bad because when it was time to make $50,000, uh, the only thing he asked me is, you got your buyer lined up. We, he, he he negotiated a deal for me with the bank, uh, with an attorney. It was a short sale. It was ready. And I just didn't have the buyer lined up. <laughs> well, listen, let, 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 me, let me tell you how the mentorship program changed recently. And I don't want to, you know, uh, it, this might be useful to the rest of the people that are on the call. There's still quite a few folks on. Uh, and this is, believe me, this is not uh, an attempt to shamelessly promote the mentoring program. But I want people to know that... Uh, your experience is not totally unique. There's been a lot of deals where the mentor has done everything to show the, the student, if you will, what they need to do, and then the student doesn't pull the trigger. So much so that a, that, that a few of us went to Ron and talked to him about it and said, we can't continue to let these 20, 30, 40, 50,000 deals fall by the wayside because we've agreed you know, to, uh, you know, to not joint venture on these, on these deals. So even though I always tell everybody this is, you know, the course of last resort, that I'm going to help you get this deal and you should, you should go ahead and do it. You know, you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a life, you give a man a fish, you just fed him for that meal. So I really want people to do these deals on their own, but, you know, people are gun shy on their first or second deal. So they end up walking from deals that should be done. So what we've set up now is where we can JV, meaning joint venture on these deals, if there's money that needs to be transacted, uh, we will, you know, by we, I mean if it's me, uh, Ron and I, Ron personally and I would actually buy the deal and you would get just a small cut. We would keep 75% of it and you would keep 25% of it. And the reason it's so lopsided that way is because we don't want to do that. 
we want successful mentoring students to make 100% of the money. So we make it extremely unattractive for you to do the deal with us, but as a matter of last resort, we'll come in and do it. So that means hey, on the deal that's great though. That's great for that's great for a slow student that's afraid to pull the trigger. I would have been I would have been happy to do that. And that's uh, why we did it. Like take a moles deal right there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or uh, or I'm trying to think. Uh, there was was it one of Demar's deals? She's got a million dollar deal in there, and um, yeah, there's a bunch of deals that were talked about on this call that. I would totally do if you know we did our due diligence and found out, you know, like you know, how about that deal, you know, the the, the little one that was worth ninety one thousand dollars and you know there was only ten thousand uh, being asked, um, you know, if he yeah. could come up with ten grand and I found those numbers to be true, you think you think that Ron or me or you know both of us together wouldn't come in and buy that deal for ten ten grand and you know uh, put it into into motion and. I mean, we would do that all day long. And besides that, that would that would jumpstart that student's motor That's, big that's time. what our thinking is, too. And there will be nothing more painful than watching me and Ron walk away with 75% of the money. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, a student would. That's why I discourage it. And you can, I mean, and that's why I discourage it. I'm like, look, you paid for the mentor program. Let me help you. Let me help you. You get 100%. I don't want to have to. If I take this thing over, you're gonna you're gonna make some money, but you're gonna you're, but I'm I, but I'm gonna walk away with most of it. So let me not. That's like spanking. That's like spank. That's like spanking the student with money. <laughs> <laughs> and that would that that would he wouldn't let but one or two of those go by like that. But before he would like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Because <laughs> well, he'll and, and that's been, you know, I think that's a very effective approach. So I just wanted to put that out there that there's really it no is. reason that uh, folks should be um, not considering doing that program if they feel they need the extra help. The truth of the matter and is, you know what else um, that does? That that keeps the student in the game too, instead of because some students will fall 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 away on the on on the sidelines. If that if that program wasn't implemented, if they, if that wasn't there, they would just disappear. Now they don't have to disappear. Now they can just they can right. still hang in there. It's not for everybody. Um, some people really want that whole helping hand, but I'm just going to tell you right now that you can go to any Quick Start Real Estate School, and you will see 10 to 15 people at the very beginning of the school stand up. Some of them don't even speak English very well, but they've come over with a go-getter attitude. Or, you know, and they go out and they implement the system that they learned on, on the recordings and they implement and they make money. And, and where the money is made is in the implementation. It helps to, to have the expertise. It helps to have guidance. But it's really about taking action. And one of the first things that folks can do is definitely join the Gold Club and, and get acclimated to the materials. And then secondly, you've got to go to Quick Start Real Estate School you got to do it. It's a great investment. It's actually a great time, and I'd highly recommend it to everybody. And from there, people can determine if they want to, you know, pursue more education uh, that'll help them get more deals more quickly. So, so anyway, Vernon. Hey, I'm glad I got to end the call with a fellow Southsider. And, Me too. Uh, I'm going to wish you a wonderful evening. Uh, uh, I, I, I assume that that's all we needed to cover, correct? Yes, sir. That's great. That's good. That's good. I appreciate you, Joe. Joe, right? 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Vernon. If, if you come to the to the convention in February, definitely try to find me. I'd love to say hello to you and uh, maybe sit down and have a cocktail. Talk about the good. I got I got my packet in the mail just now. I got my packet in the mail about the summit. Fantastic. I'm about to open it up right now. Well, I will see you there. Definitely pull me aside in the hallway and uh, sure. let's chit chat a little bit about about the great city of Chicago. And I'm gonna bring my five or six leaves there and uh yeah, my five. There you go. <laughs> I, I hopefully walk away with a hundred thousand dollars worth of deals in my pocket when I leave. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time it's happened and it won't be the last. That's right, Joel. Okay, I'll see you there. Okay, and for everybody else you have you guys have a wonderful evening. I enjoyed the call and I look forward to seeing you all around. Take care everybody. Me Signing off. Please.